0: Welcome to this week's episode of Being Human. I'm here with Julius Mundy. He is the uh, new, newly appointed, roughly speaking, been in the role for a year, CEO uh, of Vincit. And Vincent is an incredible company. Uh, they've been awarded best place to work in Finland multiple times, as well as best place to work in Europe. Uh, Vincent is a commerce-focused digital agency. Julius, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Richard. Thanks. It's it's wonderful to have you. So I think to to open this up and yeah, get into why I'm so interested to have somebody from Vincent uh, on the show is you know what makes Vincent so special. How is it that it's come to win uh, that award uh, so many times? Uh, and then we can talk a little bit about you and how you found your way to to Vincent.
1: Yeah. So. Vincent was founded uh, 15 years ago on the idea that it should never suck to come to work on Monday. So basically our purpose is to create better Mondays for our people, for our customers, and, and for the planet by harnessing the power of technology, but the humane part of technology. Very much of a people-driven company. I mean, current, and now we are close to thousand persons in Finland, Poland, Sweden, and USA. And what Vincent is uh, known for is our exceptional and distinct organization culture. As you said, We've been awarded multiple times uh, uh, recognition of being the great place to work, both in Europe, also in the USA, and four times in Finland, and latest this year.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, So what are the main facets of the culture at Vincit that has it be that Mondays don't suck? Because let's face it, Mondays suck for an awful lot of workers
1: in the world. Uh, I think... What really makes Vincent different is the uh, kind of a, the strong camaraderie that, like the strong communities in the workplace that they are valued much more than in other companies like us. And uh, this is something that we that actually studies that will be done kind of a culture studies and we see the benchmark results. Uh, this is something that that typically is not the kind of a, on the top 10 list of the most meaningful things that people really value uh in in kind of IT tech companies like us. But for us, the, these strong communities uh, belonging to, to this strong camaraderie comes in the top five. Yeah. Uh, so, so you can really tell from the data that that actually is in the root of what makes the company special. Uh, and, and of course, to support this, it's something that uh, what the foundation of the company has been built of, of course, you know, work-life balance, but also giving a lot of freedom and trust to people. The ability to make decisions independently also mistakes uh and really being able to be yourself at, at the workplace
0: okay and so what does that that freedom look like what are the types of freedoms that people in Vincent have that they wouldn't have in uh, somewhere like accenture for example
1: well especially we go to the early days of the company uh there was basically no supervisors at all in the company so so It was totally self-managed the company. I mean, up up until the company had 200 employees, it was still, there was only the CEO and no supervisors. Uh, And and also decision-making was very much about that. You know, every individual to figure out, you know, know, should we do this? Should we do that? Should we spend money on this or that? You know, that was rather that, hey, talk to your colleagues and make the decision you feel is best for the company. And it was also very, also especially when the company was smaller, uh, much more homogeneous, much more clear what the company is all about than what our, what's the business goals of the company for people to kind of ponder on this and give people the trust that, hey, you make wise decisions, we have smart people, uh, you know, do what you believe is best for the company and your colleagues and for the customers. Right. And
0: so it started with no free supervisors, it's now got some supervisors. So what's that? What? What? Are the remaining freedoms, or like, yeah? What's what, what did the supervisors do? I suppose.
1: Yeah, it's clear that, of course, not, not now that we've grown, we've needed to bring some more structures and 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 kind of also layers uh, to how to really manage. The when a company is close to one thousand people, it doesn't really work anymore. Uh, that 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 there's no uh, no backbone for people to navigate in the company. Because then it starts to have so much diversity in terms of the roles and responsibilities or nationalities that, that you need to have a backbone for people that you can operate and you can, you know, you're not being left alone. But what we still try to keep true is that we will we are trying to keep the organization as flat as possible, as low hierarchy as possible, and only bring structures that really, you know, are um really needed in order to help out the people to do their best and succeed. Mm. Uh, there was a lot of uh, the one of the big conceptions for vincent in the early days was there's a uh, this term that we used leadership as a service concept where instead of seeing that there's you know that you're an employee and then you have this one supervisor who has all the power and authority over you that it's the other way around that leadership is a servant uh, role and also that uh, there are different aspects of leadership uh, that typically one individual person is not the best person to kind of fulfill all these aspects of leadership. Mm-hmm. Because rather, you know, put it put it the other way around: that ask the people that what type of leadership services that I require, and help out people to navigate in an organization to get those leadership serv- services from different persons or, or different functions or places. Right. Uh, we still try to keep true to that, but uh, at the same time, we have already we have introduced still that we have you know. Uh, kind of formal supervisors role as well who are responsible for the well-being of the individuals but we still try to be true to this leadership as a service that your your formal supervisor is not your only boss in that sense that you have many paid places where you can get coaching and support um, in the company right and so the, the people still so if I'm a developer
0: in Vincit and I decide, you know, we need to spend money on a new server or, you know, there's something my team needs, I can just go out and buy it still. Or now do you have approvals? Like how is it different?
1: when it comes to like, uh, everybody has a company credit card. And basically right. um, when it comes to like, for example, we have best tools promise. So so uh, whatever tools, for example, you need for your work, you're just free to order, uh, you know, in not just from a limited catalog of things, but basically whatever you need, whatever is kind of needed for you, you to do your job in the best possible way or support the customer work. Uh, uh, you f- feel free to do that, but in a transparent way that you, of course, need to stand behind your choices. That that uh, that if, if you buy the latest iPhone with all the bells and whistles, you pr- better have the you know kind of a jump. Uh, 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 the reasons. Um, why are you doing that, and and uh, why not everybody else can uh, make those same decisions? So, so really spending m- money wisely, is some of the essence on there, and of course in the project work work as well. That especially if it's kind of customer related, to make smart choices. Of course, then there are. I mean, w- when ma- ma- making kind of a big big decisions, where where really a big investments for the company that really has an impact on the company direction as a whole, then of course it's a different different thing. Uh, but we try to keep the limit as high as possible.
0: Right, I see. Yeah, and, and that is a pattern we often see in these companies who keep, provide their stuff with a lot of autonomy is that it comes hand in hand with a lot of transparency. So I'm free to go and buy the latest iPhone because I feel I need it for my work, but that's, that exists on a register that everybody can see within the firm. Is that right?
1: Yeah, now no, we're really trying to also increase now the transparency on this because, of course, as the company grows, like this, it's easier to keep this kind of a peer mechanisms that you know make judgment calls. You know, do I really need this? Is this the right call? Uh when you still you know have a tight-knit community, you know everybody else, you understand you kind you of bit balance out that what is kind of the acceptable levels and what is good for the company. As the company grows, becomes multinational of course, it also changes a bit of the perception of, of people coming from different nationalities, different cultures. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have also a background of many uh, acquisitions and mergers that, of course, mixes cultures. Uh, so I would be lying if I say that it's easy to to maintain this because it's easier if you just kind of home grew the, the culture. But when you bring a lot of people from different perspectives to keep the kind of transparency, openness, the trust, uh, and we are constantly uh, kind of experimenting that what type of mechanisms do we need to enforce and foster that we would not need to, you know, change this and we would not need to kind of uh, uh, implement this type of traditional control mechanisms in place.
0: Yeah, and that that is often the case because on this podcast, we've had you know dozens of stories of companies who started out, you know, flat with very high levels of freedom, high transparency these awesome cultures and then over time if the founder with that vision moves away it it seems like there's a swing back towards you know traditional control and i suppose you're you've become a guardian have you to some extent of that that legacy
1: yeah and at the same time of course we can't be the same as we grow we accept that we need to change so i think i think the key thing that at least i'm trying to foster that we can be the best version of ourselves in the current stage and the current phase, we are. Uh, uh, at the same time, it's clear that we can't, you know, just look at the past that everything was better when when we were smaller and 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 things were better. And now no, no, it's not the same company anymore. And that's true. We're not. We're going fast. We're changing. we It's an evolution. But it's all about that. You know, how are we able to work our own paths still and make our make our distinct kind of choices going forward as well? yeah that it separates us from from the others
0: right and so if if, if spending is one example of a, of a sort of unusual freedom that people have within vincent what, what are others that uh that people enjoy in uh vincent that um yeah that, that may be different from other companies
1: uh, i would say that also super flat organization also in terms of communication culture that like there's there's basically <laughs> close to zero barriers of of uh, what type of discussions are uh, are taking place, especially in, in our Slack environment. Uh, that 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 everything that happens in, the, in in the company are quite openly and with quite harsh harsh criticisms, also kind of handled, uh, uh, which is very good. I mean, it's very that like, we have this openness, transparency. At the same time. The other side of the coin is, of course, that as the company is growing by size and the uh, the complexity is increasing, uh, you can't expect anymore that every individual in the company is aware of all the dimensions of different things that are going on. So there's always a balance that when what type of discussions are fruitful for take like on all company, all hands meetings, and right. what, a, what a topic that the context starts to be so blurry that if you're not into the details of the context, you can't really contribute on, on the topic or the discussion in the best possible way. It's uh, it's not always fruitful. And this is a balancing act, of course. We don't do not want to, you know, this as well that we how to keep that level of uh, openness, transparency. You know, everyone can, you know, have direct access to me, for example. But still, that we can have relevant discussions and not just overflow of communication. Because as we grow, otherwise people won't do any anything anymore than just be, you know, looking into all the details what's going on in the company instead yeah. of focusing on their own work. And I know that
0: some companies have solved that problem. I'm thinking about Gore, you know, who make Gore-Tex and, um, and Semco, which is one of the very early examples of self-management that they split into cells, right? I think of about 50 people and they created, and also higher, right? The, the, the Chinese, very flat, you know, they create multiple mini enterprises. So that's one way to, to, to start to address that issue is that could you see that being vincent's path or are you doing
1: something different yeah. and this is something that we, actually Vincent it grew with this self uh, cell uh ideology um uh, mm. uh and and uh, we operated in location-based cells that were operating very autonomously uh but then uh a year ago actually when i started uh as part of our kind of change of our strategic direction, because we saw the market was changing, and and these kind of autonomous location-based cells became too small to really you know uh, compete uh, and really you know leverage the assets of the whole company, so we needed to change the way the business is being driven and how do we make business decisions and how do we really kind of leverage uh, all the skills that we have uh in in order to really make a bigger impact for our customer otherwise you know you know it was more of a selection do we want to you know just play smaller league games in each location and be fine with that but still see the market is you know changing in our 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 game and we saw that it's it's going to be increasingly tougher and tougher to stay in that game and be successful and profitable at the same time and be able to create a, a good workplace uh, and we made a conscious decision that we need to be able to steer our business uh, in much more harmonized way in terms of, you know, having all the skills in the company available and also have much more focus on where we want to be world, you know, world best at. Because if you're just focusing your business on each location, in city, you can't be the world's best individually in every, every town. So yeah. we said that we want to have certain spearheads that we want to really be the world's best at. Uh, that strategy was all about, but we still wanted to maintain the community. That we didn't want, want to break up the feeling that that, that uh, the people and how how it feels to be urban uh, citizens, part of you know your everyday work. But to be honest, we are definitely on that path now because we have made quite big changes uh, in the previously very autonomous uh, communities, and now changed the way we are making business decisions. And, and at the same time, we also made just a big merger uh, with another listed company here 1st of July, where we are now really mixing many cultures in the in the company uh, at the moment. So it's definitely kind of a, uh, a, a new phase for the company as well to redefine itself as well and still trying to be true to its roots. Right. And so how do you
0: play? How do you? How do you envisage that playing out then? How do you have that community feel, that sense of belonging and have a a global business that's, yeah, as you say, leveraging all its assets at at a bigger scale?
1: Well, what I believe in it, what what really makes uh, uh, a strong organization culture and and, and environmental what, what creates success and where people are really engaged is you need to have two things. First of all, you need to have the higher level kind of a purpose and direction for the company. It's something that really unites the people. And it's beyond yourself. And you believe mm-hmm. something that you're kind of motivated to lead, that this is the big direction. But that alone is not enough if your kind of everyday life, your closest colleagues or your closest immediate supervisor or or or, or how your everyday kind of work assignments look like. If, if you don't get, you know, if they're not matching your values, you don't get the kind of a positive triggers every day on that one. Uh, um, that that is typically the most important things that defines whether people really feel engaged yeah. in their workplace or not. Even even that's even stronger than the kind of a high level purpose. People people can ac- ac- actually accept a bit of a more vague bigger picture if if the working environment they w- work on a daily basis is fulfilling for them. And I think here now, especially for Vincent, the the, the COVID time has hit hit us very hard because. The DNA of the company has been built on the strong communities. Mm. Uh, very much the, the work we've done that people have kind of gathered physically in the same locations. Also, you know, outside work. So there's been much, much more activities among your colleagues uh, than in many other companies where you kind of you spend much more time with your colleagues as friends. And also the the work workplaces have been, you know, much more community places where where. A lot of activities outside the, the work happens as well. You know, having having fun, inviting your friends and families as well. Uh, and now with COVID, of course, we, as the rest of the world, see that a lot of our people uh, work majority of their time remotely still. And and, and of course, uh, that that has eaten a bit of that feeling of community. And and we are also trying to figure out the best ways of how to foster and uh, strengthen uh, the community communities again
0: right yeah yeah i can i can imagine for a company that yeah put so much investment in that yeah i can see how COVID might have hit harder yeah uh okay and 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 at the moment though the plan is just to keep so it sounds to me like there's just there's there's you and then there's supervisors and then there's people so it's basically three layers for the whole company is that right is that the plan to kind of keep it that flat
1: uh let's see i I think flatness in itself is not i think the value that you you, i think what we should aim to experiment you know what is the best model that works uh, and is is like as flat as it it can be but it can also be different in different places i think depending of what the uh, the the different size of different communities or the role of those communities uh, that, that we can have so uh, I think if we just aim looking at, you know, the layers and become too adamant on just keeping on those, we can easily, you know, lose the purpose of what are we actually trying to achieve. Mm. So I think the key thing is there that you have the, that the people feel that within the communities they are, they have, uh, they can make autonomous decisions. They understand what's expected of them and they can, you know, do the best uh, for the common good and kind of uh, take the company and the customers we have forward. I think that's, that, that's the key thing that, that, that is what we need to aim, not flatness. Uh, I see, a, yes, yes,
0: yes, yes. Yeah,
1: right, that makes sense. But typically, of course, flatness is part of that, that, that of course they correlate heavily.
0: Yeah, and, and the reason I guess I push on the question is because I think what companies like Vincent prove is that you can be very successful um, even at scale without the traditional bureaucracy, which tends to dampen the human spirit in, in organizations. Um, and so uh, that, yeah, I think the fact that that you have such a flat structure is even even at the level that it is, right, which, you know, is, is still a testament to the fact that we, we don't need a lot of what we think we need in order to be organized and coordinated and effective in the world inside companies.
1: But we, I think, we are really now in a turning point in many, many phases as well. Because now we have, also, as we have now, a mix of different cultures and backgrounds coming in. So we're now facing a situation where there's a lot of kind of a long-term citizens that are feeling that hey, we're now you know we're growing too big, and now there's this starts to be this big company mindset too much, and we start to have have too much you know you no know, uh, rules or or always working or structures that that people like you know. You know, very radical thinking that like we don't need anything. And then we also have same time, a lot of new joiners in the company that are feeling it's too chaotic. You know, you know, it's not clear, where do I get the information? You know, what's expected of me? You know, where do I get support? You know, how do I navigate here? So trying to balance with these these different needs where where others feel like we should take, you know, we're all already gone over the board and uh, the others that are saying that you can't work in an environment like this, that it's impossible to to do your best and too much effort is gone and energy spent you know internally trying to figure out things so
0: oh, yeah. so and how are you as a leader then how are you dealing with
1: that tension well i i think this is all all about you know how do we evolve the culture because it's clear of course that we can't be you know as we decided to make that we didn't stick to this kind of a very autonomously operating cells that we want to really be able to leverage the whole cu- uh, the assets of the co-company and the skills we have, it's clear that we need to have ways of working that apply to everybody in the in the company uh, and so, some some ways and structures and processes that apply. Um, uh, at the same time, I think it's the mindset that we put the means to an end and keep the people in in, in the center uh, of decision making, not 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 like the processes. So people before processes in everything that we do. And there needs to be a strong justification why we do something, not just something because now, now the headquarters wants to do something. And I think we really need to balance out with that. How because we are, as I said, in the turning point of that. Uh, at the same time, I think when we are talking about kind of a company culture that puts a lot of trust on people and gives a lot of freedom and wants you to operate autonomously, it also requires. A lot more from the individual as well i mean often you uh, you see that people are you know longing for uh more traditional companies that they would like to you know we should have more self-management we should have more autonomy more freedom but but then it might turn out that people who then get that uh, uh might actually get a lot of stress from when they realize that now it's not that clear anymore what is expected that i need to do much much more myself uh uh, to, to To understand and get things done. So uh, the, kind of a, the more aut- autonomous kind of a community-managed uh, leadership style or, or kind of a management system we have, it requires much, much more from, from the leadership. It requires much, much more for the individuals and the communities. And this is typically one of the key misconceptions of what we're talking about, myself, self-managed companies, that you don't need leadership anymore, or you need less leadership. Uh, actually, it means that you require less management, but you require much, much more leadership to yes. uh, kind of a constant gardening of, right. of of the company to make sure that it's healthy. Yeah, and then at the same time, it requires much, much more for the individuals as well to operate in that type of environment.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And we uh, we've had yeah several stories on the show of of. I'm thinking right now of um, Matt Black Systems in the UK, an engineering firm who's self-managed. And as they went through a transition from traditional to self-managed, they lost, I think, every single member of staff like over the X number of years. Um, so it was a complete change out because it is a very different profile of individual who who's attracted to working in self-managed style than than in a more traditional bureaucratic. Um, so I guess you've got a risk on your <laughs>
1: Hands there with
0: yeah how, uh, how you deal with it um, and yeah, of course it's,
1: it's fine. I mean we need to find a common ground
0: yeah Yeah no, that's right um, and, and you're right to make the point that the, the, I think the self-management uh, requires leaders and I think almost generates leaders. I mentioned this on another show that we had George uh, um, from uh, Jorge from Ten Pines in Argentina. Who is a software firm self-management. And, and I asked them what they did about leadership development. They says we don't have any leadership development programs. Our whole culture is constantly automatically developing
1: leaders. I, I think one of the other misconceptions that I I feel people have with self-management that we're too focused on the individuals. I I think in the end of the day, there's you know companies are all about people working together and also self-management actually uh it, it is more about the community managing itself and operating autonomously not individuals but community creating their rules and how the, how they operate as teams as communities uh you know as project members uh i think too much focus is put on on you know the individual that i make decisions i make what is best you know You focus on the individual where the focus should be rather on the team, because typically, unless you're just, you know, pure freelancer working only by yourself, that's different. But if you work in an organization, any time that your work is something that you require other people to get things done or do better things, then it's all about more about the people you work with and how do you create the rules that you together uh, play.
0: Yeah, that's a really important point, isn't it? That that self-management is as much about uh, the team as self, um, as it is about the individual as self right, in it, or the community as self. Yeah,
1: and that I see also. I think that is one of the pitfalls of of overdoing self-management, uh, which I see a lot of in Vincent as well. That there's a risk that you can take the overboard, that the organisation becomes too individualistic. That right. that self-management is, is taken as thing that it's not about you know, what's best for the community and, and you what are we actually aiming at? You know, we want to be agile fast, you know, we don't want to get slow. We don't we want to make sure that we can make smart decisions where, where the data is and where we can see the actual situation fast. Uh but it's not about you know uh every individual doing as they want to do and just looking at what's best for them and not ignoring. The rest of the community ignoring the customer needs uh, the realities and the changing world
0: right right yeah that's a that's a, yeah an important point point. and i suppose a lot of um well one of the ways that a lot of from my understanding self-managed organizations will deal with that is with, with a lot of peer mechanisms right so there's an accountability at a peer level and the transparency plays into that and so you you're sort of uh there's a lot of checks and balances to ensure you're a good participant in the community
1: I think the other other aspect as well that uh, the more ho- homogeneous you are as an organization, the easier it is to be self-managed because right. you tend to think like-minded. So so uh, at the same time then you get into the trap of like-mindedness. Uh, we we all know from multiple multiple studies that you know diversity is really the key of of long-term success and innovation and uh, and from different perspectives, different people, different background, uh that what really drives uh, the ability to you know create something new. Uh, but it's much harder. It, it is when we have diversity, there's much more different thinking perspective personas, which creates conflicts. And 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 uh, typically conflicts in a traditional organization is then handled by the kind of a, some authority, you know, yeah. that just deal with, with with the conflicts. And in a self-management organization, one of the key skills of the organization is actually conflict management. The how does you know the team together manage their conflicts in a constructive way because conflicts are needed in in order to, if there's no conflicts in a diverse team, then there's no real teamwork. then basically people are not putting, you know, putting all their perspectives on the table. So conflicts are needed, healthy conflicts, to put all the perspectives, to, to get those clashes, because from clashes, something new happens. But if if you don't have the means in a self-organizing community to manage conflicts, it, it becomes toxic. And of course, traditionally, it's the boss who manages uh, the, the conflicts.
0: Yes, yes. And so... I'm interested then from your perspective, you know, personally as as a CEO and as the leader, what's your approach to servicing and, and managing conflict, you know, in, in self-managed teams? How do you how do you you approach that?
1: Yeah, first of all, I think uh the the fundamental layer that you need to have uh in a team is is trust. Because if you don't have, and now I, I don't mean trust by that—that you know, that I trust that you can do your work. I mean trust that can I can I really kind of be vulnerable with you, so I can trust you with something that I'm insecure. I can say that I don't know, you know, something that really goes goes beyond that. I can really open up myself. uh, uh And and I, when there is like true genuine trust within a team, a group of people. Then people can really start to say their own real opinions honesty bring perspectives uh, uh uh so that they can kind of dare that that they will be appreciated as they are and not kind of a kind of a, uh, kind of a get 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 smashed by the others and then also when you have this strong kind of a foundation of trust on that on top of that you can then build healthy conflicts which which are which I believe are essential for a uh, uh, kind of a team that really performs. That you have those healthy conflicts. Right. So and and then I'm and it's not always that. I mean, it. I don't necessarily see that it's always required that 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 you can of course have a team lead that can have a special role in facilitating that as well, uh, as, lo- as long as it doesn't become. The lead who actually then takes the lead and also saying what is what is the right, you know, taking too much power, you know. Yeah. If Emily can really be more of a peer facilitator for the group uh, and, and uh, emphasize his or her own opinions over the others, it can work. But I think also, if there is no clear that kind of a lead position, then it's important for the organization to to train the people, you know, have the skill set of, of healthy conflict management.
0: Yeah,
1: and understand you know what do you do in those situations? But uh, it's a skill set and tool set that, that, that is required. And I see a lot of that now uh, in business as well. That we we have a lot to do in providing those <laughs> tools and skills uh, to be better uh, in, in decision making in a way that is really inclusive, is really kind of a, based on understanding different opinions, uh, healthy conflict management.
0: Yeah. And I love the way how you 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 made that distinction there in terms of trust. Cause we can throw around that term like high trust, like a high trust organization. But I, I think you really nailed it there that the 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 quality of trust that we're talking about. It's not just that, you know, you're not gonna steal from the company and you'll do your job. Can I be vulnerable with you? Right. And and that level of trust takes, yeah, is, is often not there in teams, right? And it takes something to to create it um and as you say then then you can then you then you feel safe to have conflict right because then i feel safe to bring something up that might upset people because i know that the space i'm in is going to not just immediately integrate
1: and then in order to do that you typically need to be able to be your authentic self because if you just Mm. half of your personality of who you are or, or having a too much of a role professional role on you uh it's really Hard to create that genuine trust and, and, and authenticity and, and, and that vulnerability if people don't really know your, who you are as a person fully. Yeah. As, of course, there's always limit uh, that, that is from individual individuals decide themselves where is the, the limit of, of these are my personal things. these is my boundaries. Yeah, uh, but still typically in a typical organization, those boundaries are way, way, way too too high in terms yeah. of really understanding each other as really humans of how we
0: are yeah so yeah. Talk- yeah that's a really really important part as sort of another prerequisite for that that high trust and and so you're you're interesting because you came from a more of a traditional corporate background and right and you've come into this role so um i mean there may be many ways in which you have you've seen a difference as you've moved over but is authenticity one of them is that something that you've you've consciously changed in terms of how you show up at Vincent versus your, your premier previous <laughs> corporate life?
1: Uh, definitely. Um, uh, well, first of all, I have a business degree from school of economics started my career 20 years, 20 years ago as a consultant at Accenture. So yeah. I learned a very traditional view of how companies are being run and managed, especially managed and also a bit of a, how does a leader look like and what is expected of, 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 of leader. And, <clears throat> Uh, only until uh, then, um, around 15 years ago, when I had the responsibility of driving one of the largest digital transformation projects in the Nordics, in, in the insurance sector, I got really introduced deep into the agile movement. Uh, and with the agile manifesto, I really had a revelation that the agile development didn't have anything to do with technology. That that you know the the agile manifesto and the agile thinking. It it was a management and leadership innovation, requiring fundamentally to unlearn many of the things that I had previously uh, kind of learned during my career and in the university. But how is it that you actually, you know, what makes a company successful, and and what is that that is really in a traditional kind of old school management style that is killing companies of not being able to really run faster. Innovate, rethink themselves, and I think that really kind of pushed me into 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 a, a down down the rabbit hole of really you know exploring uh, organization culture literature, uh, uh, starting to get into different you know uh, different agile community, starting to get a, a bit of a new type of uh, people who are we're thinking differently and 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 uh, getting you know. The sense of curiosity of understanding that hey everything that I thought I knew kind of being very overconfident, overconfident guy, uh, younger myself, I kind of uh, I opened my eyes and and, and understood that there's so much that I don't know and there's so much going on in the world that I that that I need to totally you know level down and start learning again of what it actually means to uh, lead people, lead companies, create uh, great organization cultures. That, that make the workplace happier for the people, and also as a result then produce you know, great outcomes, uh, both mm. for the customers and the company itself.
0: So you were kind of softened up <laughs> for your role in yeah. through the uh, Agile transformation work.
1: I think if we think my, the past 20 years, then you, you could really see that I've been mostly working in in more kind of a big corporate, Established companies, where my role then became more of being the rogue, r- rogue in the mm. leadership team that actually represents, you know, uh, new thinking. Is chal- is the challenger is, is being kind of a given the given the job of actually you now making a change, a step change happen in, in in different environments. Sometimes succeeding with this, and sometimes not. Right, and and, and really, I, 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 I really saw that that as a challenge to to see that can big companies really fundamentally change? Because there's so much good, of, of course, that you have kind of large established companies that, that's there. But how do you really unleash the energy that's and and and, and the competence of the people uh, outside of the process and the bureaucracy and everything that people just bring 20% of themselves to the workplace? And still super smart people, you know, so much talent in, in big companies. And how do you really unleash that? And then having had the chance a few times of actually succeeding at that, and seeing the change happening, I mean, it's been those have been the moments that I really hold, you know, uh, the best parts of of uh, of my career life. And now, of course, with means it. It's a bit of a, the upside down. The uh, the, the roles change. That for it. Uh, as the company had been growing, things had been starting to go a bit too chaotic. So so great success, great growth, but you could already see some of the warning signs that that you. That the company needs to reinvent itself you need to you know think okay how to level up in a way that the company doesn't crumble uh, and then basically the assignment was help out the company to grow uh clarify a clear north star for the company that unifies uh unifies the people and also makes it understandable for our customers that what is it that we are as a company uh, uh, and then based on that north star uh, Try to keep the company as self-managed as possible, uh, uh, but within a common, uh, a common framework, common uh, direction. Because it was clear that you could start seeing that what, what was happening that these strong autonomous uh, cells, when there wasn't a clear enough common direction, uh, many of them started to operate already in conflict with each other.
0: Okay, so that was a that was one of the warning signs, was it that? And and what it and so now I'm interested. So what is the North Star? Sorry. What is your North Star?
1: Uh, yeah, well, because basically it has been a kind of a design and digital development powerhouse, but uh, the strategy of the company has really been up until now that we're just a great place to work for the best tech and digital talent. And there hasn't been a real, you know, the, the business strategy of the company has been basically that we have the best talent uh, and then we will find the best projects and the best customers. Yeah. Uh, and 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 now we've been gradually building, kind of clarifying that where we really want to be the best at that. That as I mentioned in the beginning, that we are a commerce-focused digital agency that really helping out our customers in their kind of end-to-end commerce uh, development to becoming a real business transformation partner around their kind of commerce needs. Uh, that is something that that we want to make sure that the company is known for. Us, and it's going to be the, the spearhead for our growth going forward.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got it.
1: Not forgetting That's the true. roots, still in the DNA of the company, that it will we will not succeed. If we will not keep true to our roots of, of uh, that we will be the best place to work and grow uh, for our people today and tomorrow.
0: Mondays need to stay awesome. Yes. Yeah. And so and and back to this authenticity then. So that's, I, I think, there may be other leaders, you know, hearing that and and maybe questioning, you know, are there aspects of my persona that maybe I could experiment with dropping, or could I show up differently? Like, what, what's been your your personal journey there? Do you do you consciously work on your authenticity, or or what what do you think of or do in that realm?
1: Definitely, I see that for myself as a journey. When I started my career. Uh, I definitely, as I mentioned, had a more of a traditional start in in my career, and I had much more clear professional role, and and uh, and then kind of my civil role, and uh, is te- definitely taking me to kind of a self learning and 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 also rethinking. This is part of also the unlearning and rethinking what it actually means, and also seeing the world be different lenses. Because I mean, I don't think that I fifteen years ago. Could have seen myself as the CEO of a, of, of a listed company based on just my kind of conception of what it actually takes to be a CEO of, of this type of company. That How do you need to behave? How do you need to look like? uh What sacrifices you need to do uh, in, in your life if you want to go there? Uh, and this is something then kind of a... I think, well, of course, the world has changed a lot, and the generations have been changing along, and we see this now a lot, but also for myself, of, of really, you know, gradually letting go of those differences and 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 the roles. My professional role and my kind of a, my private role has been converging step by step, and it's clear that what I'm today, I'm the most authentic myself uh, that I've ever been in my work life uh, before. Uh, but of course, safe to say that the journey is still ongoing. Got it. And.
0: And so, what would you what would you offer people who are starting to consider like becoming more authentic in in the workplace? Like, what are the things that have worked for you, or what, what advice would you give or
1: counsel? Yeah. I think, of course, it comes down that, of course, uh, it's really hard to be. Of course, depending on a bit of a role and what what where we stand. I mean, in an organization culture, if 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 it's really different from where you are, or what is your kind of a you know, where do you identify yourself? It can be hard to do that, and of course, you know. Really, first of all, I think you you go into an environment you feel that it's safe to do that. But especially the higher you are, the leader, you know, in different leadership positions you are. I think you should set an example as well to push the limits, because I think that yeah. you set an example, of course, for the others. Uh, that what 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 it means that that, that both within the company. But I think especially the, the more visible role you have also outside of the company, you also set an example for others. And of yeah. course, then understanding that then being your authentic self doesn't mean that everybody else should mimic you because then it's, you just showed that this is one way of doing things. And this is one way of acting, which is not to say this is the way or this is the correct way, or this brings the best results, but at least kind of showing that at least uh, that that uh, that yeah, you you can take your own personal way of of driving things and communicate and act.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and so what are the some of the ways that you set an example in Vincent then, what as as the CEO what is it you might do?
1: Well, I, I think for us uh, in Vincent as i already mentioned it's uh uh the the super flat organisation really you know it shows in, and, and being like the amount of communication we do i mean in different channels different ways uh and also the different mediums that people really have the chance of having a genuine dialogue i mean whether it's you know being there active on slack channel uh we have monthly Ask be anything sessions where basically the whole company can ask whatever they want to live and and uh, then you know every every question is being answered Uh, uh, Reflections on 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 where the company is heading. Posting after every uh, every leadership team meeting, we have posting their notes, memos right. of what's been handled and and discussed. You know, trying to do acts and show you know opening up uh, so that people really feel that hey that that, that what's going on. There's no secrets. Uh, uh, but at the same time, I think the other way around there as well that that people get quite impatient quite un, uh, as well, because uh, when they see that you don't have all the answers to the questions, it can be quite scary as well. And then that might lead to comments and criticism that, that we have leaders who don't know what they're doing. They don't have answers. So that's the balancing as well. What you get that if, if you don't have this transparency, you can have the charade that, you know, we know everything, we're not just telling it, and then we will get to the answers. Uh, when it's the right time. When you're open about it, you're also open about that you don't know everything. Yeah,
0: I think that's such an important point. And I do think that is somewhere, something that a lot of leaders can experiment with that edge of where they share, because I see it all the time in organizations, oh, we don't wanna release that, we don't wanna tell people that cause that's gonna send hairs running and we might get some difficult questions. It's better to hold that back until we get a better story or a better set of answers. And that is really well intentioned, but I think a lot of readers don't realize that they're just dis- destroying trust in the process because people know that they're not being told everything.
1: And of course, then there are things that you can't tell. I mean, oh especially uh planning company acquisitions. I mean, right. You can't open up, they always come as a surprise for people, and then something happens. Also, uh, something has hit the uh, organization culture and wins it now very hard uh, uh, this autumn is that uh, as part of the, uh, uh, the big merger we just did now, uh, we needed to lay up some people. And, and of course, uh, when planning and preparing these type of really difficult decisions, it is not also also by law you can't, you know, yeah. it's something that you can kind of publicly go through with the whole company. And, and, of course, when you are forced to do difficult decisions, which, by, by the way, is one of the one of the key challenges in, in self-managed companies as well, or which are very kind of heavily bounded on this kind of low hierarchy, full transparency, is that uh, it's hard to make difficult decisions. It's, I mean, it is, mm. uh, and, and you might get kind of a decision paralysis uh, as leaders because you don't dare to do things because you're afraid of the reactions you get. Right. Because the reactions are typically, they are very emotional, because they typically when difficult decisions typically means that they are not always positive to individuals or com- communities. So the emotional reactions because people really feel that their trust has been broken.
0: Right, and they're also and- in environments where they they feel able to share that frustration and those emotions.
1: Yeah. So 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 as. Uh, But I think that that is needed. I mean, if you really want to have your people emotionally connected to the company, then you need to accept that the reactions for difficult decisions are also very emotional and difficult.
0: Yeah. I think that's such an important point. And that if you're going to be open and transparent and share your leadership notes, part and parcel of that is going to be from time to time getting negative reactions that you as a leader are going to need to deal with. Yeah. I I think that's important. I know that you're a you're a father, and you talked earlier about like you would have never expected to be in you know CEO of a listed company, um, given the sacrifices that you would have thought one would have to make. Like, how do you find that balance now as a as a father? Is it different in, in Vincent? Are you able to combine being you know a father and, and a CEO uh, in ways that work for you?
1: Yeah, I have three kids soon of all of them, are teenagers, so a very different phase of, of course, now with with the kids. And when they were smaller, um, um, I, I have always been able to, to, to balance out the workload balance uh, quite well. I've always tried to, well, I've always loved my work. I, I have always been, been very committed to my work. I've done a lot of work because I enjoy that. Uh, at the same time, I've been trying to be very strict on that, that when I'm at home, when I'm with, with kids, when I'm doing stuff, then, then I shut up work things uh, and, and focus on that. Sometimes succeeding, not always. And especially, uh, my, my youngest daughter is a child with special needs in terms of okay. development and learning. And and, and 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 she has definitely taught me the most of what being human is, uh, much, much more than anything that happens in the workplace. She she has taught me kind of a self-acceptance and, and also kind of my incompleteness as a parent and, and as, as a human being. And, and brought me a lot of that humility, that that things don't always go the way I want to, or 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 how I want things to be, and and to just accept that.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I, I can well. I can only imagine how challenging. I mean, I know how challenging it can be with eight, you know, with with kids without any developmental needs. But yeah, I can I can imagine that it requires a level of acceptance.
1: But and I think. I read a lot of uh, books regarding organizational culture, leadership, uh, uh, and um, and also have a, a kind of have a private uh, sparring groups where we discuss about uh, leadership literature and and, and kind of a developing companies as a whole. And I think in most of the books I read or more, many of the discussions that I have with my peers. Uh, many of them typically have an angle that that brings back, you know, that leadership and parenthood in many ways go kind of a side by side. So so many times when I reflect something that I, I can learn something about leadership, I actually have a big aha moments also about, you know, being a better parent. Or at least then understanding things that I could have done better in the past, if I <laughs> realized something earlier on right
0: yeah that's so true yeah um so you mentioned acceptance with your daughter is is there anything any other lessons from parenthood that you take over into your leadership
1: yeah i think then it's the other other way around as well that i think uh, what i'm really concerned currently is the development that we're seeing in the western world of of mental well-being that 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 we really start to we, we are coming to to a limit in the society that that I that I, I I think we can we cannot continue on this trend anymore that people just cannot cope with uh, the daily lives uh, and the society that pressure that we are bringing to people. of course that's a combination of many things. it's not it's not a just work related, but it's of okay. course related both to the world we live in uh, many other things you know, be lost, and of course, pressure at work, pressure at uh, home. What's expected? Uh, complexity of the world in general. So I think that is also how to create environments where, you know, we don't burn people up, where where mm. we keep the balance. Uh, I think that goes also for the same that how at least not try to push my children. You know that that the key thing is rather to you know not just push for the best grades and, you know, you know, that you'll find your limits rather the opposite of, you know, you know, take it more easier, you know, that is okay. You know, okay, that grade is good enough. Don't go, don't go, you know, don't try hard, you know, select the areas where you really love and, and focus on those and, you know, let the others be. And when I'm saying this to my kids, at least, then I'm partly talking to myself at the same, same time as well. That yeah. I should also be, be better at that with myself as well.
0: Yeah, that, that 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 makes sense. And you see the mirror, right? Because when we talk about self-managed organizations, we we're we're creating environments where we encourage people to f- to follow their hearts, right? To to follow their intuition, to select the projects and go go make an effort in in the areas where they've f- they sense they're gonna have the biggest impact. And we we don't tie them down to job descriptions and so on. And yeah, that 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 makes total sense to me that we want that for our kids in schools, in life, in, in, as a general sort of philosophy of well it's back to trust isn't it trust trust that people uh have an intuitive sense of where they're going to have the biggest impact and let them follow that
1: um yeah and that makes sense um and and i
0: guess I guess for me then um we've talked a lot about um leadership specifically in the in the context of self-management and dealing with 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 conflict and so on, Um, but just in in general, as you reflect on being a you know a a listed company CEO seeking to to scale a company, um, what what are you developing most in yourself right now in terms of your own leadership capability and qualities? Like, what are you working on uh, right now, Julius, uh, as a leader?
1: Uh, very good question. I think I said I find myself always on a constant journey of, of making a better version of myself. But maybe maybe that better version of myself goes back to what I was reflecting of that. Also, you know, more self acceptance and be a bit more easy on you as well on, on yourself. Mm. Uh, I think I think that's probably the key things that I, I need to work with. Also with myself.
0: Yeah, that's so let, go, true.
1: let let go of some things, or you know, not just push the limits all the time.
0: And what are you finding that works in your life right now that helps you to let go?
1: Well, I've always been to music. I mean, uh, it was it could have been so that I, I I could have been made a professional career out of out, out yeah. of out, out of that. I basically, just always enjoyed you know playing bands. Singing, uh, making songs, and still hop on the stage when when needed to throw a party. So I also during the uh, Corona time I actually built my home studio finally in the garage uh, when I finally had the time to <laughs> to, to stop and spend some time uh, and and basically kind of learn learn to to make electronic music and do stuff. So. What I'm trying now to balance—that's one area where I really find refuge. That I can really, you know, put my brain brains outside of the working mode and really just focus on doing something completely else. And especially, I really believe that, you know, fostering the create creativity in us is something that it, you know, even if it doesn't directly also, even uh, it's not directly part of the work, but it still kind of stimulates the areas in your brain that is super helpful of, of developing yourself and. You know that 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 uh, that indirectly it will also help kind of help you to balance out and also make better decisions and be a better person. So that's specifically that I've been trying now to find time more to to do some music to, you know bo- both in, in in garage but also with some friends and you know just have fun. Oh
0: wow. yeah. and what and what do you play then? what What instruments do you play?
1: Well I'm mainly a singer and a, and a songwriter uh i play, play guitar and then of course now with my grass uh, set up i have the one man one man band with with everything <laughs> so you can find me on on, on spotify so that's all
0: oh, right uh, just the do you have a stage name or is it the same uh julius uh no,
1: there's many but my, my latest it's called next slide that, that's my alter ego currently
0: brilliant well, talk about demonstrating. I mean, that's that's uh that really is walking your your talk in terms of having a yeah, interest out of life. Yeah, out of work, I mean. Yeah. Fantastic. Um well, this has been this has been a fascinating conversation. Is it is there anything you think we may have, you know, we've not we've not touched on that you'd like to share uh in terms of your leadership, in terms of what you're doing with uh uh with Vincent?
1: No, maybe some reflection, uh, thinking, I mean, we are growing quite fast now in the USA. And I think um, uh, we discussed earlier a bit about what is it that we can see much more of uh, companies that are based on self-management principles, uh, that a lot of these companies are coming from the Nordics. And I I see what we see now also that uh, we definitely have a competitive edge now in the USA, uh, why many people want to join the company now because we are able to offer a very healthy work-life balance, uh, an environment where people can really be their true self, uh, in, and also a company where people are really appreciated. You know, this this Nordic mindset that that we can bring in the US market in our in our field is something that is really separating us and attracting one of the best talent in the company and helping us to grow and do the best thing for our customers. And I think. There's something in the in the Nordic societies, of course, which which helps helps to to create companies like this. I think it's, it's it's only natural that Nordic culture and societies that are by default low hierarchy, low status, low corruption, high trust, high equality by default. Uh, the, the, it, 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 in this type of environment, it's easy to found companies that are based on this type of principles.
0: Yeah yeah i think that's an important point I, I i read somewhere that one one theory as to why the nord especially northern europeans have that is, is 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 because of the very long winters right and if you if you if you weren't tight with your neighbors it could, that could be a life or dis, death situation in a in a long winter
1: yeah and of course small small population uh, i mean there's there's trust by default when you meet strangers i mean yeah. you trust the intentions of the people I and mean, this is very this is definitely not true in many other parts of the world and nations that you have you know instant trust when you, when you come when you meet a new person and when they tell you something you actually trust you take their word that they have good intentions that they mean what they say uh, and of course this can also lead them to challenges with when you do business uh, with with other cultures where, where 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 a lot of the people working in the Nordic countries, of course, have get, gotten used to that. You when people say they do something, uh, it's not necessarily always the same thing. Uh, globally, when when people say that yes, I'm going to do this, that the yes, right. I, yes,
0: yeah, yeah. So it's uh, Maybe. you 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 <laughs> sort of you don't want to fall into becoming sort of naively high trust, I suppose, but that can be difficult. Yeah,
1: so it, of course, you need to have the acknowledgement of understanding these differences. But it doesn't mean that you need to change. You just need to understand and how you do, you know, create this yeah. also outside your own country.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, and and it and it ties into um, the, have you come across some um, Morningstar, the tomato processing company, and yeah, who's a, It's a self-managed company. And we had one well, the, the the head of their sort of research institute on, and yeah, he, he his latest research is on socialization. That's what he's focusing on is um so how socialization in the you know in the home in society in general um either predispos- predispose- disposes you to be to performing well in self-managed company or or actually can make it very difficult for you you know you can imagine if you grow up with sort of very authoritarian parents let's say it may be that 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 means it's quite difficult for you then to transition into a, a self-managed company. Um so I think I think that those questions are um you know quite quite important ones for those of us who want to bring more self-management into the world is understanding that that interplay between socialization and uh yeah people's uh, likelihood to take to self-management. Um and can we well that's a good question to ask you then do you, what to extent do you think it's possible then to I mean, I suppose you've been through some version of this yourself, but to take somebody who has expectations of high structure, whole authority, being told what to do, very clear expectations of role and so on, um, and have them transition into being effective in a self-managed environment. Yeah, what's your experience of people making that transition?
1: I think it depends on the role. Right. What What type of... So I think the more... I don't want to use. I mean, the more responsi- responsibility you have in terms of, you know, driving a change in the company or, or or being a leader, then then I think it's really difficult. Right. Yeah. But depending a bit, your how much are you expected to influence others? I yeah. think that's that's the key thing. Yeah. If, if you're if you're if you're a kind of a professional that your your own craft is your main thing it's much easier to make that transition. Not easy, but easier.
0: Yeah. 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 That makes sense. It's, yeah, it's really
1: cause... hard to change as a as a leader or, or within a rail uh, within a role that you really need to drive change. Uh, because it, it ultimately it comes down to how do you what do you believe what's what's your kind of a belief on how do you how do you believe that you can make people do things. You know how do you see usage of power and how do you utilize that so yeah. i mean if you're if you're kind of a fundamental philosophical and kind know, of beliefs are are very different it, it, those are very difficult to change
0: yeah that's the, the the theory x theory y if you believe people can't be trusted and need controlling to be productive then
1: yeah and it's also not binary i think that it's easy to talk about theory x and Theory Y but in reality of course there's a lot of shades of shade there are mm. in between so
0: that's true yeah 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 that's that's very true um okay well thank you so much uh, julius this has been this has been fantastic and great to have somebody on who's in the midst of like this transition right it's uh it's 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 a fun place to kind of explore um yeah you're 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 you're, you're dealing with shades of gray right now
1: and history will tell how it goes. So
0: that's <laughs> yeah, it will be interesting in five years' time, like which which philosophy wins out at Vincent, yeah. And where do you land it as a as a culture? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks once again. Um, so people can yeah, people can find more about the Vincent story on Vincent.fi and then there's um dot com as well, right? Yeah. Um Vincent.com. Uh yeah. And uh, and they can find your music. So it's next slide on on Spotify. Awesome. Uh, anywhere else you'd send people? Any any other um, like references or resources for people who are interested in in self management or any other topics we've covered?
1: Well, I think that's a totally topic of its own to start talk about. You know the the key books that have really influenced me, or the kind of a key key persons. But maybe we'll leave that to you. another one.
0: Another way. Okay, good. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks once again. Um, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you.
1: Hello, was. Thanks, Richard.
0: Thank you. Bye. The Being Human podcast was brought to you by First Human. For more on First Human's human focused coaching and leadership programs, head to firsthuman.com.